boss came up to me one day and he's like, you know, have you ever thought about getting certified to be a personal trainer? And oh my gosh, <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> and you're still and laughing. out of shape there's no way I mean that I mean I thought he was joking but he wasn't and he said you know personal training Shelly it starts with being able to relate to people and you have that skill all right so cheesy intro line three two one Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Line Down podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Crichton. All right, so today I thought I would be joined by one of my minions. You know, we're uh, drinking coffee, and I'm like, you know, I've not talked to you yet on our uh, Fitness Line Down podcast. And since you are an official employee, it's time that you come on. So today, after I don't know how many episodes I'm on now, but it's almost been a year. I'm getting close to the year mark of doing a podcast once a week, which is, wow, amazing. We're going to bring on Shelly Linsky. Now, Shelly has quite the backstory when it comes to her experience with fitness lying down. And I'm excited for her to share that with everybody in case you don't know it. And to just have, you know, talk a little shop and find out what motivates her, what gets her out of bed in the morning to come and train people with sandbags and kettlebells and rubber bands and all the other fun pieces of functional equipment that we use. So, Shelly, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. Absolutely. So happy to be here. <laughs> that, that just sounds so manufactured. Like, I, I feel like this is some kind of like news. I'm just so happy. Thank you for having me. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, truth be told, we try to be in the same room uh, to do this because we're both uh, at the gym at the same time. But because of Shelly's wonderful laugh and all this and the echo in this room, it couldn't work. So we had to, we had to be separated. So we are still in the same gym. We have a big gym. It works well. Well, Shelly, let's start first. I kind of preluded to the fact that, you know, you and I, our families actually knew each other before a fitness line down. We might not have been the best of friends, but we knew of each other through church and all that, correct? Yes. Yes. We so did. I just wanted the affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny because like, you know, we had mutual friends and whatnot. And I think we started like doing like church activities together, like families getting together. We just kind of were in the same circle. And, you know, Shelly, I forgot, but how many kids do you have again? I have six kids. Okay. Wow. There was, was there a delay on my end or was that, were you trying to count? <laughs> I, I feel like your Wi-Fi is a little slow. <laughs> oh, look at this. My Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi. <laughs> should we, should we talk about your uh, dial-up connection at your house? Anyway. Um, oh my gosh. I live in the so country, man. <laughs> so Shelly, yes, Shelly has six beautiful children. Uh, you know, we've got one child that has graduated and on her own. You have another child that's what Amory's what third year now, fourth year? I forget. She's considered a senior, yeah, fourth year college. Okay, going for a physician assistant, amazing. And then you have one that just began a freshman year in college. Yes. And then you have a junior in high school. Yes. And then I believe a sixth grader. Six and, and a then third. a third grader. So um, so yes. those two children at the end, they kind of correlate with my two youngest. So there's a lot of family things that we do because they get along. And I do remember that. Well, let's first, before we get into all that, what was it like when you were growing up, um, you know, when you started to get into the fitness a little bit, like your exercise program, how did that look on your end? Well, so I grew up with all brothers <laughs> on a farm in rural Minnesota. So did we exercise? Well, we grew up on a farm. So it was just more basic daily physical activity built into our day. And then we were all three sport athletes. So I guess the training, I look at the training they do now for athletics and what we did back then. Oh my gosh. Our weight room was like one little crowded room in the basement of our high school. Mm -hmm. um so it was mostly just sports specific not a lot of strength training or anything um I don't think you know once you graduate college and you realize wow no you no longer have the life of leisure 
that's kind of when I started getting more like into weight room fitness, I guess. Um, but being, you know, of whatever age, childbearing age, having kids, uh, weight room stuff never really fit into my lifestyle very well. Um, we were active outside, you know, biking, canoeing, kayaking, that kind of stuff, rollerblading. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I had my last baby. So I had Sienna when I was 40. That's when fitness really became more important to me because of different injuries over the years, because I was getting older. I just needed something that kept me interested, that kept me from injuring myself. And that was doable in terms of a really sustainable, long time fitness program. And that's when I discovered my friend Corey had just gotten fired from his last job. <laughs> and I remember thinking, wow, maybe Corey can do something for me. And that's kind of when, I don't know, you were just early into some of the more functional movement kind of stuff, I think, at the time. Now, what I do want to talk about, though, is I do remember before you, quote unquote, hired me, was that you were like doing some things with moms before, like you do VHS tapes or something like that. Like you were always trying to find something that would work, right? You mentioned, and I like how you put that weight room fitness, uh, weight room strength or whatever that just didn't fit into your schedule or into your lifestyle, but you were seeking something, right? I mean, you're seeking something that, because I think we all understand, Hey, I need to be active. Yes. But I think there's a difference between being active and being like strong, going strength training. Cause you can be active your whole life and not lift a weight. Yeah. And that's going to be a little different payout than if you actually spend some time strength training. So you were always trying to find something, correct? Oh, yeah. I had my Cindy Crawford, well, I guess VHS. I almost said DVDs, but they were definitely VHS. I remember having like the P90X stuff, like just always kind of searching for something that would work at home right. that I could do, you know, because I was a busy mom of, you know, three, four, five, six kids. So, yeah, I did that whole basement fitness thing, too. <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, and I think that there is a market out there for sure, because as you just mentioned to take the time, you know, you're already getting up early in the morning, but to leave your house with small children there, uh, maybe the husband has to go out to work early or, you know, there's other circumstances that you just can't leave your home because you've got the kids. And so going to the gym, driving so many minutes to go to the gym, spending time in the gym, driving to come back, you know, the hustle and bustle. And I think, you know, what we do here at Fitness Line Down really can help play with, um, play into people's needs with that in regards to home fitness, but moving on. So yeah, then you, you find out, Hey, my friend Corey got canned. So he's probably got a lot of time on his hands. So he could probably do something with me. And I do remember at that point in my life, I mean, we're talking about like 2014, um, you know, I was really moving into that whole move that natural movement thing. And I was really exploring that. And I was really, I was having such a good time with it because it was so different than the traditional fitness. Um, I was, I was actually finding joy again in fitness. I was, I was enjoying to move around. I was exploring the different ways to move, climbing, crawling, um, rolling, jumping, you know, it was all just like, it was play again. And my body felt great as a result. And I think you saw that a little bit and you kind of were curious about it and, I think it also comes off as it's not very intimidating. You know, if I was sitting there like a barbell on my back, right. you know, posting my beast mode videos, you probably would have been like, you know, no, nope, don't want that. But because this was so yeah, different, sure. I think that might have, yeah, I think that might have drawn you in. And I still remember, like, I think we were in my, my uh, porch at one time and I was showing you how to roll. Like you were just over for dinner or something. <laughs> like, hey, let me show you this move and just rolling over the shoulder and things like that. And yeah, so I remember how, you know, we would have some fitness sessions outside in your yard. If the weather wasn't cooperating, we'd be down in your basement. And basically, what did we have? We just had like a two by four, some bands and a kettlebell or so. But we yeah, got a lot of things done, we didn't right? have a lot of equipment. Right. And even I don't think at that point, I didn't have a sandbag yet either. I was just kind of so. using the minimal equipment. Um and then, yeah, I scored a few more clients on the side, just going to their homes because they, they enjoyed this stuff. And that's what, I don't know, like, cause I'll be honest with you. I never wanted to be a personal trainer. Um, <laughs> I think, I think after, after being in Chicago with the bulls, like I was just wanted to be a, a strength coach. And I think there's like this 
the stigma that comes with personal trainer. And I didn't like that stigma, but now I actually wear it as a badge of honor because I'm like, yeah, that's what I am. I'm a personal trainer. And, but I do so much more, like not just because I own a gym, but I do more than the person that your average personal trainer would do. And I want to bring that to the field because I want people to be excited. And that's one reason I try to bring our coaches because I love our coaches to be excited about personal training and to see with the, how you can actually change people's lives. You know, as I say, one sandbag at a time. Uh, and Absolutely. I will tell people, yeah, when I, when I introduce you to our new clients or even our older clients or whatever, I'm like, you know, Shelly's a coach now, but she was actually officially, unofficially my first fitness line down client. And um, I think that went well, obviously, because then when I created the brick and mortar, you decided to jump in and be a client as well. And then all of a sudden you get your husband joining. I mean, we have so many videos and all that, that your kids would come and join you for sessions and things like that. So we made it all family friendly. Absolutely. It's something that, well, I think it speaks to you and fitness lying down. There's something attractive here about creating a space where anyone can come in. I mean, you're right. I've had my little kids, my big kids, my husband, everybody has at some point probably been here. Even my little, little kids, you know, <laughs> jumping over the sandbags or whatever with your little kids. Um, but it's a place, first of all, that you're so enthusiastic about. So when you have that passion, it boils over to the whole Fitness Lying Down family. So it's been awesome. And I and I joke, but I tell people, and I sound like, I joke and say, I, I try not to be so excited. I don't want to, you know, I drive to work. I'm like, yeah, I should try to hold it down. <laughs> It's honestly, it's really hard um, because what you see of me on the trading floor is genuinely me. Even if I'm having a rough day or something, as soon as my feet hit that floor and I start working with people, it's a, like, it just becomes a whole new world for me. I mean, it's just things shine and I get, I get giddy. I get excited and I don't know what it is and how it's been, how I've been able to maintain that excitement for almost eight years. It's, and you look at the life cycle, I'm sure because Shelly does also do training at the YMCA, which will be kind of a good prelude into how she became a coach here at Fitness Lying Down. But I think you could admit that at the YMCA, I mean, do you see trainers come and go a lot or is it, is it a lot of the same people all the time? I'd say there's like a couple there that are longstanding, but have not really changed anything over the years. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bunch of like college kids that are in and out, like I'm going to train for a year, go do something else kind of get burnt out. Yeah. And that's the sad. And I've talked about this with so many other uh, guests on the show is that's the sad thing about our industry is that it's really difficult for people to, to make a living wage by being a personal trainer, especially if you're being a personal trainer in somebody else's gym. So, you know, there's so many times where the clients, they're like, Oh man, I got to pay this amount of money to my personal trainer. It's like, no, you actually pay that amount of money to the gym and then they give right. you a little bit of a kickback. So even though you're the one doing all the work, the middle person's making all the money. And that's just so wrong. Um, right. So that's one reason why, like when we have our sessions here, I'm is it only makes sense to pay by the hour. You know, I want to I want to give people enough of a wage that, you know, if they're full time, they I would hope that they could make somewhat of a living being here as a trainer. Um, but instead of like paying you per client. It's just that that model that model's dead and gone, and that's what causes the burnout because the personal trainer's life is not easy, especially if you're trying to make that living wage. That I mean, you have to be up early in the morning because you have to train those people before they go to work. You might have a few sessions spread out throughout the day, and then you're back at it at night when people come back from work. I mean, that is an exhausting schedule. So that's why I'm so grateful. Definitely. I mean, I know sometimes our schedule is not as perfect as I'd like it to be. Um, but you know, as a team, we work together and we help each other out. So if somebody wants to take off for a weekend, we can work with that. But I try to make it that we all just have like a session either in the morning or in the afternoon, not doing too many doubles, because I think we talked about this is, you know, when we first started fitness line down, it was just myself and my former business partner. And he was here just for the group sessions in the morning for the most part, but like I would have to five days a week. I remember my first session started at seven. My last one ended at like 7.15, 7.30. And that was basically like a Monday through Friday schedule. And then I had to come in for a half day on Saturday. And I did that for like three years. Um, Exhausting. It is. <laughs> but if I had to do it for the YMCA or some other gym, yeah, no, I would have, it wouldn't have been that long. But because I knew that this was something that I was 
I was doing, you know, I was growing this business. So I had to sacrifice. And, you know, at that time we had young kids too. And fortunately, Rebecca, my wife was able to, she knew the, the cost of this. And what's great right now is, you know, I'm not going to say I've made it, but I've gotten to that point now where it's like, I have that schedule where I can have a little flexibility so I can go pick up my kids um, from school. I can do a little bit more things after work and not have to be here until, and then go home and then put the kids right to bed because it's bedtime. So I'm really grateful for that. And I think that can only happen because of the staff I have. It's, it's awesome. I, I talk you guys up all the time. I tell, I tell people like, if you talk to the staff, you would feel like the way they talk about fitness lying down that they own the gym because they take so much pride in what they do. And that's great though. I, that's, that's exactly what I want because when I take, you know, when I'm able to afford these vacations now, I don't, I don't have to be at the gym all the time. There's no stress for me on my end to be like, you know, I'm just worried that the gym's not going well right now. Like I have no problem with you three in charge of the gym. Like I'm actually most, I'm the most relaxed. It's, it's great. So <laughs> appreciate that. But I guess the funny thing is now, like, is if we can rewind a little bit, I get on my soapbox, but it is my podcast, so I can do that. You know, in the beginning, how much, you know, like, you think about what we do right now compared to what we did in 2015, you know, how we've really grown. And so you got to experience firsthand a lot of the exercises that maybe we didn't coach as well. Maybe we didn't know what we were doing as well. And for some reason, people still stuck around. But here you are as a client, you're evolving. <laughs> and all of a sudden now, I remember you coming up to me one day. And saying, you know, the YMCA wants to hire me on. And I think it was like as a front desk worker, right? That was your first position. Yeah. So once Sienna was in kindergarten, it was kind of, you know, that little like song and dance, like, do I go back to work? You know, I don't want to do what I previously was. Like, what should I do? And at the time, Anne Marie was working the desk in the wellness center at the Y. And she's like, you know, they're hiring he, our, my boss is looking for people. Do you want to try that? And so for a year, I think I worked just the, the wellness center desk. And then at the Y, my boss came up to me one day and he's like, you know, have you ever thought about getting certified to be a personal trainer? And oh my gosh, <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> and you're still and laughing. Um, I'm like, man, I am too old. I'm too out of shape. There's no way that, I mean, that, I mean, I thought he was joking, but he wasn't. And he said, you know, personal training, Shelly, it starts with being able to relate to people and you have that skill. It's that skill set, you know, the other stuff you can learn, like, you know, the fitness stuff. Um, but he said, I think you'd be really good at it. And so of course that got the wheels turning and I'm thinking, gosh, would I? <laughs> And then, you know, you go through the certification process and you're learning, you know, all the muscles and how the body works. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to ever be certified. It's so much information. But I did, I ended up going to like a weekend certification where I, I got one of the national certs that are even ACSM. Is that the one? Possibly. Um, Something, I don't know. Yeah. And so started one-on-one -on -one personal training at the Y. And I think right around that same time is when you were expanding, like doubling the size here at Fitness Lying Down, I think. Right. And, and I, but what I kind of remember though, is the fact that you, it's not like you were asking my permission, but you're like, is this a good idea for me to be a personal trainer? Because you were so like second guessing yourself. And immediately I'm like, this is awesome because I can only say this the worst trainer out there was me right after college because here I am. I think I know everything because I went through college, but it's so dangerous to have a 20 year old, somebody, a 20 year old male training a 50 plus female. Like those are, those are two different species and to actually have that happen. And, you know, because for me, when I got out of college, it's like, all I knew was barbells barbells and dumbbells. So it's like all my clients are going to be working with barbells and dumbbells. So that's like the worst trainer is generally speaking, that person that steps out of college or is in college. still. that's even more scary. And they start training people at the YMCA or any other box gym because they have no idea. And, you know, especially as your boss um, was able to recognize in you, it is about that personal level. It's about having that trust factor and being able to relate with people to have that empathy. And a lot of college, especially men, 
don't have that empathy, you know, and I still lack that empathy, no doubt, but um, I've gotten a little softer. <laughs> I've, I've gotten a little softer as I've gotten older. Um, but I just, you know, cause that's what I, it spoke to me right away. I'm like, you would be an amazing trainer, especially at a place like that, because there's a lot of people that are like you, you know, that they're over 40, they have children, they've got busy schedules. You can relate to them so well rather than, and I don't mean to pick on them, but some female that's still in college with like pink, purple hair or whatever tattoos all over. I, I don't know yeah. whose mom or grandma would want to sign up with that trainer. You know, right. and it, it's unfortunate, but I, and I pick on them because we are an industry of appearance and I know like, I know tattoos are in, like, I don't want to slam tattoos, but I think some people, especially in the Midwest feel more comfortable with somebody that looks a little bit more, a little bit more Midwest, I guess. Um, I feel like I'm totally putting my foot in my mouth right now. But <laughs> I appreciate this is that, you know, if you're, if you're a 60, 70 year old female or male, and hey, here's your 20-year-old trainer with a nose ring and a chain attached to the earring. You'd be like, yeah, I don't know about this person. Um, yeah. Are they going to be able to give me what I need? So I just immediately, I'm like, this is great. And I do remember now, as soon as as soon as you started doing this and you started working for it, I remember your sessions with me got a little different. So instead of being the client, just like, okay, I'll do this exercise, there was so much more Q&A going on. And I don't know, I don't think you brought a notebook to the session, right. but you were definitely asking like, <laughs> What, what's going on here? What exercise, how, why is this exercise working? What, and what's it doing? You know, all these different, and which I love, I love explaining things. And I, and why I told, do you program a certain way? Like that. Oh was yeah. I mean, me. you were getting into the nuts and bolts. Like you were, and this is something another trainer would not be a trainer in training would not be concerned about. Cause it was just like, I know what I need to do, you know, where you're like, you're gaining the information. And, you know, I find it as a compliment that you were coming to me as a credible source to learn and then in essence, I'm like, you know, this is going to be good. This is going to be good for fitness line down. And it's going to be good for DVRT because I knew that you weren't going to be able to go into the YMCA or again, any other box gym. I don't want to be naming names here, but, and you're not going to go in and be like, all right, here, we're going to go on the machines now. After what you've experienced at fitness line down, you cannot just put people on machines and like, oh my look at yourself in the mirror all the time. Well, they do. And it's unfortunate. And I think. And I don't want to blame them because it's, it's kind of what they know or you right. know what they've been told. Like when you get grandma Sally over here, grandma Esther, and you know, grandma's got balance problems. Well, shoot, I better put grandma on machines because she's going to be more stable and comfortable there. And there is some, you know, yes, but is it, is it harming her or helping her? Right. So right. being able to challenge grandma, and that's what I love doing at fitness line down through the DVRT system is you think about our, our little grandmas that we have that are really strong grandmas, you know, Absolutely. I think about one of our grandmas here that I've ever just seen her recent family picture with other grandkids. And here she is like, just a little, I don't, not frail at all, but small. And, you know, and she's still a big kid on the one side, like, and she does it like a boss. And it's just great. The, the strength that we can give the people are, you know, I don't know what you call them seniors. I don't, they're just young and hard people. And they're, they're great. And, you know, we keep improving their mobility. So I knew that you're going to be able to bring that over to the YMCA. And when all this was happening, I'll be honest with you, I was short-sighted. I wasn't even thinking about having you ever as a trainer. I'm just like, this is great because I'll joke with people that we have fitness line down. We train the trainers, you know, that trainers will come to us. And we've had them before <laughs> that, you know, it's like, yeah. And I don't mind that because I think it's great because they, they want something to, um, to challenge them. And then, yeah, if they go and take, we know that our first employee here was Rachel LaValle. And so many times I'd have a client coming in and they're doing exercise with us. Like, Oh, I did this at the Y this week. And I'm like, how would you do this? The Y? Well, Rachel, you know, and at the time Rachel was a client of ours, yeah. and, but she was coaching and she was doing group sessions. Like, okay. And she never hit it. You know, she's like, I'm stealing your stuff and I'm bringing it over there. I'm like, that's fine. Cause I still, <laughs> like we're an industry of stealing. I steal everybody's ideas. Right. <laughs> Right. So it's, it's what we do. And, you know, we should, we should be stealing from the best and, you know, bringing it to our training floor, but making it our own. So I think it's been great that you've been able to grow and develop. I think the, the fun conversation we can have is how much you appreciate semi-private personal training versus one-on-one -on -one personal training. Oh, are we glitching? Yes. <laughs> I missed what you just said. Well, I said at the end here, I said, I think what we can enjoy the the most here is one-on-one -on -one personal training versus semi-private personal training. 
Absolutely. So when I first started personal training at the Y, it was all one-on-one. So it's that very intense personal, interpersonal relationship, right? Because you're giving the exercises, you're demonstrating, but you're also doing a lot of talking. Um, So after a whole day of one-on-one personal training, it's pretty exhausting. And then to contrast to something we do more here, the semi-private, it's like you do have that interpersonal connection with everyone, but they're also connecting with each other. So it's not as intensive um, in terms of just interpersonal relation, right? So less therapy, I don't know. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of funny because for anybody out there that's a, anybody out there that's a parent, the image I've been using recently is that one-on-one personal training for anybody out there that's a parent, it's like having one child. And, you know, we love the children and we love the one child, of course, but it's like, you are responsible for entertaining them. You're responsible for every little thing for that child. But now all of a sudden child two comes along, child three comes along, child four. And now they start interacting together. So actually as a parent, you have a different responsibility. Now you have to make sure that you know everybody gets along and whatnot. And, um, but everybody kind of entertains themselves. And that's what I love about our personal training here is how it's semi-private. So we have four clients for one coach. And, you know, the thing I've been realizing lately with some of our new clients coming in is I think with the one-on-one, the client doesn't necessarily know where this is going. You know, they listen to you, they're doing what you want them to do, but they don't see the future. But now all of a sudden you bring in, you bring in somebody brand new into a semi-private session and everybody's in their own little fitness journey. So that person might come in brand new, but they might be sharing a session with somebody that's been here for two years, three years, five years, what have you, how many years now they can see things. They can see like that. There's more than what that little space that they're doing right now. The, the simple little exercises they're doing. And they're like, Holy cow, that person, that's awesome. That person over there looks to be about my same age and they're doing that. Like now they can have a little glimpse into what could happen. And I think that's a great selling point. And it's one that, you know, you don't have to sell as a trainer because they see other people doing it now. And it's so in the liveliness and the energy, it just creates that atmosphere. And that's what I think if I was doing one-on-one personal training, I would not be as excited as I am right now. And it's kind of funny because now if I ever have a chance, it's pretty rare, but if I ever have a session just with one client, I kind of enjoy it. I kind of enjoy talking to them now where before I'm like, I dreaded seeing the client, you know, the same client three times a week. I, I don't even know what to ask them anymore about their personal life because I know it all. And that was before social media. And it's like, all right, we have 30 seconds of rest. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, let's, yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> you know, so now it's like, if I'm, if I'm with one person, we don't get as much done because somebody likes to talk and I end up like, I right? explain every little <laughs> thing that they're doing, you know, it's just, it's fun. It really is. Um, but if I had to do that consecutively, Someone named I might Corey, feel like is that what you're saying? <laughs> he likes to talk. He likes to talk a lot. So here we are. <laughs> you're you're now training at uh, you're training at Fitness Line Down, but you are a trainer at the YMCA, and you're starting to bring things over. And then, right as you mentioned before, in 2018, it was time to expand. So early 2018, we knew the gym was starting to get a little tight. And we had such a small space that we couldn't have multiple sessions going on at the same time. And so like on a Monday afternoon, our group sessions were 4.30 and 5.30 PM. So we could only have group. And it's like, well, Monday afternoon would seem like a prime time for people to want to come in for personal training as well. And then the other sessions were getting a little bit tight. So we had to make a decision. And you know, it's like any kind of gamble in life. It could have gone both ways. It could have gone, or it could have gone either way, I should say. It could have been a great decision, or boy, that decision cost us a lot. Now we're bankrupt. We felt like the way the direction of the gym was going, that this was a good decision. Fortunately, after uh, four years later, it was a good decision. Um, so now we offer both those. But now it's like, holy cow, we have, you know, you create more space, you can create more sessions. We need more manpower. And I think that it wasn't, it wasn't on purpose right away, but it's really helped out in the long run is, you know, now you're kind of an anomaly to some degree, but I've heard other fitness coaches say this, sometimes your best coach is one of your clients because you've been like, let's just, you've, <laughs> you've been bred in the system. Now it's changed <laughs> your life. You've experienced DVRT and it's made a difference in your movement. So you're bought and sold in the system already. And you've been doing this and you've already, you know, you got the energy, you got the, you feel the environment of fitness lying down, that it's part of you, that 
just adding you on as a coach, sure, we lose a little revenue in the beginning, you know, we lose, but what do we gain? You know, we gain so much more. And on the other end, on my end, yes, there's that time where we have to train you and get you all upright or upright. We have to, we have to get you on board so that you can start taking clients and we have to keep you upright. I mean, even though it's fitness lying down, our coaches should be standing up. So here we are and we're onboarding you. So there's that, but it's not as extensive. I don't have to take you through, you know, all the systems of DVRT. You've already been experiencing it. And then with our relationship with University of Wisconsin Lacrosse down the road here is, you know, I think about Megan. She started as a, as a person that just came in a job shadow. Then she did a few more shadowing hours. Then she was just kind of volunteering her time. And she was able to pick up a few hours here and there to cover for Rachel when she went to India or something. And even Faith, like Faith grew in the system. She shadowed here. So like was common sense. Now, Faith was a little bit later, but for you and Megan, and we did have one other person that unfortunately didn't work at the time. But to bring you on was just like, boom. And I remember for you, it was that decision where it's like, well, we need somebody that might have some availability during the day because we're looking at making a few more hours in the morning. And I brought your name up and it was like both my, both Anthony and myself, uh, my former business partner, it wasn't even a question. It's like, absolutely. And then when I asked you if you wanted to work here, I think your first answer was no, but, you know, like you had a <laughs> bit of stipulation, like only if I get paid $1 million dollars. So wow! That, Yet that I've got worked here how long? <laughs> um, and for and you me, haven't made the one million dollars yet? No, I have not. <laughs> but for me, coming from a client perspective over to a trainer perspective, holy cow! Shadowing you for the first couple of weeks, I'm just like, how do I translate what the computer program is telling me or what Corey's program is telling me into? coaching cues. And like, I remember giving someone the wrong size bag because at the time we didn't even have our bags marked. We just had to know where the bags were sitting <laughs> on the floor. Like I remember thinking like, this is a whole nother world. Yes. I bought and sold in the DVRT system, but Holy cow, the coaching part was so much more. <laughs> well, and you know, and you, you've gotten better. And that's the thing is, yes. You know, oh my gosh. Well, let's, let's hope so. Because if you didn't, I, you wouldn't be employed, <laughs> but there's, there's All that those first where, few clients. I was just having a heart attack. <laughs> I, I still remember the, uh, the bag that you gave somebody and he couldn't even move it. And I was just like, wow. Um, but that was, see, those are those things that I just take for granted that it's good to have more people on the floor that I have to be accountable for. Because yeah, at the time we didn't have the bags marked because I just knew which bag was which because, well, first of all, I knew the bags by how they kind of looked. I knew some of them were worn off. So I'm like, oh, that's, that bag is 35 pounds. That one's 50. But now we have the color scheme. So everybody has a better idea. And that's how we evolve. You know, I told, I, I joke with the clients, but you know, it's like, I tell them I'm all, I'm in the gym all day long talking to the sandbags. So I know the sandbags. I know exactly which ones they are, but you tell a client to pick up a bag and they all look the same what to do. So now we have that color scheme. So we have like the green, yellow, red to help mark the different levels of uh, weight for each bag. But no, you, and I think the one thing that really, I mentioned that you got better and that's so true is the fact that you have to practice. So even if you know the system and you feel there's something so much different between just knowledge and, you know, hands-on. So you can know sure. things, but once you get jumping in, so I, you know, the bar, I don't want to say the bar was like set low on purpose like that, but we didn't want to have too much expectations from the coaches right away because it's like, this is whole new territory for you. And especially you, because fitness wasn't your first like profession, you know, Megan, yes, Megan went into the fitness world, faith into the fitness world, myself, fitness world. Um, that it's just, and for me, I mean, I've been practicing this now for, you know, what, uh, 2001, is when I graduated from college. So that's when I was professional, I guess you could say. But prior to that, this all I did was I was in the weight room doing stuff. So I, I can understand coaching cues a little bit better. So you've progressed, you've evolved, and now you are really good at what you do. And that's one of those reasons why I don't have to worry about things in the gym and especially on the training floors, because I know that you could take care of people. And what I, what I love about you is how like people are just drawn to you to talk to you about things. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like you have a, and sometimes you have a gift to gab a little bit more. And he's like, I'm just like, all right, got to get her moving. 
But, <laughs> you know, you can appreciate that the fact that some people come into the gym to work out and the last thing they do is actually work out. Yes, because absolutely. it's just it's a day where they just need to unload about all their stuff. And I've been in podcasts with this before where I talk to you about, you know, the mental behavior, the emotional behavior, things like this, that some people just need a break. And so they come in here for to be better. But sometimes that better is just a unload of whatever's on their chest. You know, you get a few reps in, but that right. wasn't the big thing of the day. Um, And so, like, as we're moving on in your evolution here, that... <laughs> you're taking on the training responsibilities and then you officially become DVRT certified. So that was fantastic. You got to yes. uh, clean and press. You got to clean and press a 60 pound bag, 40 times. Love the 60 days. pound bag. <laughs> and you rocked that. Like I was impressed as I was sitting there watching because for anybody that doesn't know about the clean and press test, you know, for what Shelly had to do, she had to do 60 pound sandbag, 40 reps in five minutes. So we do is we kind of treat this as what we call a 30-30. Work for 30 seconds, rest for 30 seconds, work for 30. So if you do your math right, you're trying to aim for eight reps in 30 seconds, get a rest, eight reps, eight reps, eight reps. So by the end, you got your 40 reps in five minutes. Well, your game plan was like, you wanted to, I still remember you wanted to get like 10 reps in the first 30. So like you just went I wanted to gunning. cushion it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, you just went gunning on it. And I'm like, all right, that's eight reps. You can stop. And you just kept going. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> but with ease, you got it through. Um, and I think the one thing too, that really helps us as coaches, and I don't think other gyms do this as much and they should, it's how we train together as a team. Um, you know, depending on people's schedules and if they have a baby or not, we, <laughs> we get together like at least three times a week and we have team training, I guess you can call it, where our team just gets together. We come up with a program. Usually I do, but sometimes I really rely on your helps as well. And we get after it. And the cool thing about that, and I tell all our clients, is that what they're doing on the training floor, we do on the training floor as well. So we're not like making them train with sandbags and kettlebells and we go sneak back and like get our barbell fixed in. It's like <laughs> they're doing max lunges. We do max lunges. They're doing overhead presses with a bag. We're doing overhead presses. They're doing kettlebell, whatever. We're doing kettlebell, whatever. And that really right. helps. And them. while we're doing it, I'm thinking about, oh, that's something I could cue mm -hmm. someone because that makes so much more sense to grip the floor, or pull the handles apart, or whatever it is. While I'm one of those things, one of those things that we yes. talk about. Hands but no, feet, I don't know, one of those. Right, right on. <laughs> and that's yeah, because as you're going, as you're in the trenches doing it yourself, because that's I think what separates the coach from the client is that you know there's that one saying I like to hear that says that the beginner practices until they get it right. And the expert practices, so they never get it wrong. And as we're practicing these movements, we're actually thinking, how can I make this better? You know, what, what is the feeling I'm having as I do this? What am I experiencing? And then you can take that experience to the client. So if they're training with sandbags, but you're not, how can you, you know, you can't give what you don't have. So if I don't have much right. sandbag knowledge, practical knowledge, hands-on experience, I only have what I read in a book. It's hard for me to convey that to somebody that's actually needing that. So because I'm so involved into the sandbag training, the DVRT training, we all have that better ability to coach it in our own words and in our own experiences. For sure. And then the great thing too is how it's so good to do it as a team because there's that energy as well. I know, you know there's times where nobody's here, like everybody's got their life and they're doing stuff and I don't have a life. So I'm always in the gym. So I have to have a one, uh, like a session by myself and it's not nearly as fun as an exciting, you know, like, we get to talk a little bit. We get to kind of, you know, rib on each other. And there's just that, that energy and the competitiveness to some degree, even though we say it's not a competition, but there is a little bit of that. I mean, go heavy I, on the last line. <laughs> <laughs> I think about those few times I see you out of the corner of my eye trying to keep up with me, which is like, I'm going to, I'm going to press on the accelerator a little heavier. <laughs> and then I'm going, slow down, Corey, slow down. <laughs> well, you want to keep, you want to keep up. Let's do this. You want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. Um, and so like, you know, as we're kind of talking about some of this stuff and getting close to the end of this, talk about some of those physical things you brought into your sessions and how they've gotten, how they've been improved as a result of our training at Fitness Line Down. Yeah, I felt like um, kind of a train wreck sometimes because I've always had foot things. I've always had knee things. I started with a shoulder thing because I tried to bench press with the, you know, 18 year olds um low back stuff and you still like you still put them under though right I did beat them 
but I jacked yeah. up my shoulder. So, so was it worth it? Well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the trophy costs a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is also why I feel like I can relate a little bit to people who come in with a knee thing or a foot thing or a shoulder thing. It's like, I've been there. This, you know, this system has helped me work through lots of those aches and pains. Um, I remember early on, the first thing you said was, let's try training barefoot. That was sort of the move nat kind of way, I think. And I remember laughing hysterically, like, are you kidding me? Like I've had bone spurs in my foot. I've had stress fractures in my foot. I've always had kind of just an achy foot. And so I'm like, well, you know, Corey said I should do it. Should I try it? So I tried it. I have never looked back. Like my foot pain, my bone spur, everything that I had before is just gone. I, except when I injured my foot, which was early this year, but <laughs> um, that was, the, I remember the biggest thing since sophomore year of basketball in high school, the bone spur in my foot has just always been a pain. Um, you know, so when people walk in with shoes on, I, and like, you know, you're welcome to keep your shoes on, but I encourage you to try a session with your shoes off so your feet can grip that floor and have a lot of contact with the floor. And I don't think there's very few people who go like, go get their shoes back on. Um, so, you know, the shoes, the barefoot thing with my feet, my knees, oh my gosh, knees. I remember early on as a client, I was always complaining about my knees, wasn't I? Like squatting Yeah, and I just ignored fun. it. <laughs> You're like, do it anyway. Get down and lunge. No um, pay, no gain. You know, but the DV <laughs> yeah, exactly. The DVRT system, adding those bands. Even now when I feel like my knee's a little bit wonky, I'll throw a band on. It's like, oh my gosh, it's magic. Yeah, um, or it's yesterday. Science, fitness science. I did, didn't I? <laughs> band big science. Sand big science. Yes. Um, my shoulder, like I said, I jacked at my shoulder trying to bench press with the youngins. Um, and so, you know, with, with the shoulder, it's been a lot of like, just really focusing on that grip strength with my hand, doing things I'm like around the world with my shoulder, but man, the around the world actually feel really good. Um, and then low back, I remember doing one of my movement for life videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember I used to have low back pain and I, it's been so long since I've had that here that I just forgot all about it. So I felt like coming in, I was kind of a train wreck. <laughs> but yeah, again, kinda. you <laughs> I've had six kids, man. <laughs> um, and I've played, you know, lots of different sports, but you being able to work with me as a client, I think that's what really sparked my interest in the system. And then here I am today, coaching, loving it, passionate about fitness. Well, and once again, though, that's that's the testament that you bring to the clients is because you come in with those certain injuries and, you know, your hesitation to wear shoes, like this is all great because you can actually relate with the people that might hesitate. Like, I don't know. It's like, you know, I, I thought it was kind of crazy too until I did it. Then it became like, wow, that's life-changing. Yeah. You know, your knee stuff. Like, yeah, I know squats kind of hurt, but when I do this, it makes all the difference for me. You know, as I've talked about before in the podcast here in the program is the fact that I don't have any issues except for my low back. Um, well, my face too, but we're not going to talk about that. That's why I do podcasts. I don't do videos as much. But face for radio. For that, <laughs> face for radio. That's what my mom always says. So, but my low back is the only like physical thing that I've experienced. And I, you know, I can relate when it comes to low back people, I've got them. I know. But when it comes yeah. to shoulder stuff, I'm like, that's the stuff where I can only talk about the science that I've known and the experience that I've had working with shoulder people, getting them out of pain that I realized what works for the most part, but I've never had that like jacked up shoulder. I've never had a knee issue. So, you know, right. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I, I believe that's continuing to train in this system is going to keep me resilient with that. So I, it's great. And we love having you on board here because you do so much more than people realize. And that's, I guess I was going to add that as well for you is when it comes to programming and things like this, you know, there's how many times you have to come to me and be like, you know, that person has a shoulder thing and you want them to do this exercise. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'm on trial, but it's good, no, but it is good. It's good to be questioning because then if I can't come up with a legitimate answer about why I'm going this route with them, 
then why am I, what, what business do I have putting that exercise in a program? So I love it when you guys challenge me because it makes me better. Now, if I can, if I can give you the reason why, you know, and sometimes there is a valid reason, but then sometimes like, Absolutely. Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Like, wow. Okay. That's not going to work because you'll be, you know, I've got the shoulder thing. When I had the shoulder thing, I did not like to do that. And, you know, so sometimes, and there's other times where it's like, well, let's just see how this goes because I have an idea stuff when I'm like, let me physically do this and see. And it's like, actually that felt good. I'm kind of surprised. Right. So I mean, there are are a few times that I am correct. And, but you, (laughs) I think, I think the funny asterisk here is that in the DVRT universe, you know, when we're progressing lunges, we actually start with the up down, which is you put one knee down, you put the other knee down, then you put the, you know, so you put one knee down, you put the other knee down, and then you put up one leg, you stand up. So there, I know the science behind the up down, and I think it works for the most part, but your, your exhibit a, that for people with knee issues, you would rather lunge than to do the up downs because it's so hard on the knees to have that momentum stop. And we say momentum, sure. but it's not like it's not like you're swinging momentum. You've learned how to collect attention on the deceleration, on the descent down into the lunge, that you can come back up. But stopping that, that becomes a lot more pain, harder on the knee to come up. So, I mean, these are the sure. things that make us better here at Fitness Lying Down. So I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> your uh, the amount of time and you put a lot of energy into this gym, and that I think it goes too unnoticed. So I just as as your friend, as your boss, as your coach, <laughs> as your whatever, I do want to say thank you. Um, now, with that being said, let's let's finish the program because I used to have five random questions, and I've changed that now. I've oh. I found out that there's three questions that I've I've learned from another podcast that they ask these three questions, and I think they're great questions. I think you could really learn about somebody through these three simple questions. And maybe you know what's coming because I think I only I've only asked this one time to Scott in Iowa, um, and I haven't listened to that one yet, so no, I don't know what's coming. Okay, so you had no idea what's coming. This is great. Uh oh. <laughs> so rut row, Reggie. Here we go. First question. Keep it nice and simple. If you could plan your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Ugh, my last meal. That's a terrible question. I'm going to go with, man, what's my go-to? Wow. Does it have to be your go-to? Like what is something, I mean, what is, don't make it your go-to. Like (laughs) my last meal, it's gotta be something good. Like, well, of course it's gotta be something good, but it can't just be my (laughs) go-to. Like, Oh, what I usually have. It's just like, you're all out, man. There's, there's no price range or anything like that. It's all you. Oh, then how about Flamin Young with sea bass on the side? I don't know. That's a hard one. Okay, so we got the Flamion sea bass. Now, what? How is the Flamion uh, cooked? Is it rare, medium, rare, medium? It's medium. Okay. I don't like. See, I like that. Coffee. As soon as I say that, the price. You're such a mom, like with six kids, like you're budgeting. <laughs> like I don't know, macaroni and cheese, maybe. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh. Budget's not an issue. Let's go with the flame on <laughs> a side of sea bass. All right. So now as my, my wife, my dietitian, we need to complete this meal. So we need a little grain. What's your grain? Uh, gosh, it had, it would have to be some kind of potato though. Not a potato. is not a grain. A potato is a vegetable. I know, but it's a starch, right? Yeah. But you still have a grain. So, okay, All let's right. talk about potatoes. How do you take your potato? Baked? Uh, what Fries? I'm kind of a fry person, not going to lie. So you have this beautiful filet mignon. You got sea bass. <laughs> side of fries with ketchup, please. Oh, okay. French fries. <laughs> anyway, so what, what's uh, what's the drink in this meal? A Corey Cripe bourbon Manhattan or what's going on? No, I kind of was digging... Uh... What's the other one, the gin one that we had? The Negroni or the Martini? Oh, yeah. I'd go with the Negroni. The Negroni, okay. So, But only with a good gin, not a piney, yucky gin. Well, I don't, I don't serve anything better, anything, <laughs> anything that's the best. All right. This is true. So, question, question one you answered. Uh, Flamion, medium, sea bass. <laughs> it wasn't the best. <laughs> good news is, here comes question two, which will be so much easier okay, to answer. Okay, good. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's just say 
you had every opportunity in the world to do whatever you wanted to do. You didn't have to do fitness. You didn't have to, you know, the, the sky is blue. You got nothing but green horizon on the, in the view. What would you want to do if you had to do anything in, in life? What would you, would you choose as a profession or what you just wanted to do as a life thing? So when I was in college, I always wanted to be the next mother Teresa. So that's why I majored in social work thinking I could change the world, you know, in a grand way, like she did. And then I read some of her books and I realized she did everything in such a small way. And at the time I was newly married, probably pregnant with one of my kids and realized, you know, the only way to really change the world is one little life at a time. So if I could do anything, it would have been, you know, kind of like mother Teresa, but life dealt other circumstances. You would have moved and hung out with the poorest of the poor and all that kind of stuff, huh? I did go to Calcutta my senior year. I spent a month with her and her sisters. Yeah, that's just so amazing. I mean, like, that says so much about your character because some people be like, yeah, I'd be a millionaire or something like that. But no, I'm just going to go live in poverty. (laughs) Um, Isn't that something, though? Like, I think there's a lot of stories about people that wanted to follow Mother Teresa. And they're like, you know, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And she's like, just go home and take care of your family. Absolutely. They're like, well, that's too easy. <laughs> you know, that was her thing. Like, you know, it was all the, all the, all the major Teresas in the Catholic faith, like just do the small things with great amount of love. And for sure, you know, I guess in essence, that's kind of what we bring to the fitness line down. Right. Is, I mean, we can't, we can't make everybody better, but I can make that person that walks through the door a little bit better that day. So absolutely. That's, that's a great thing. Um, and we just celebrated our feast day a few days ago. Yes, we did. All right. Fantastic. Now, final question. This is a great one. And hopefully I can I can phrase this well enough. So I'm going to start going into this camp that people are motivated by two different things. The thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. Now, let me explain on this because nobody really likes the agony of defeat, right? Nobody wants to lose. Everybody wants to win. But it's the motivation. It's what keeps you going. It's what gets you out of bed in the morning. So the thrill of victory is the sunshine optimist the glass is always half full um they're living for every victory you know that's what motivates them they just want to keep moving forward and winning right that's what keeps them going the agony to defeat person is going to be like your kind of michael jordan or wayne gretzky that it's almost whatever happens that is a is a victory is fleeting it only lasts a few seconds because they're always clinging to those things that they didn't do as as well with like the losses they never want to repeat that they kind of wear it as a backpack and so even though once again i want to make sure that like we're not talking about do you like to win or lose because we all want to win but what drives you is it the the thrill of victory that you always want to get that next win or is it the fact that you never want to repeat those losses that you have i would say i'm an eternal optimist the glass is always half full so i would say the thrill of victory there you go. Final so answer. easy, so simple. Filet mignon, Mother Teresa, <laughs> which actually probably doesn't go as well together. But it is your last meal ever. <laughs> and you are the thrill of victory. Well, I, so. <laughs> and you didn't ask about my dessert. It'd have to be something peanut butter and chocolate, man. <laughs> now you're speaking after my own heart here. All right. Exactly. Well, I got to say, it's probably time for you to pick up your kids. Um, it's been a great time talking with you today. I appreciate you joining the program. And, you know, you don't have to give me the cookie-cutter uh, salutation. You just... <laughs> Thank you, Corey. It's good to be here. I appreciate you having me, Corey. I love yes. working here. I love right, our well, FLD family. It's true. We love you back. So, for everybody out there, <laughs> until the next time that we meet, Godspeed.